0: Pods from the Far Beyond. This is one of a series of podcasts about life, the universe, and everything that comes up for me to podcast about. And I'm Paldon Jenkins, and I live on an organic farm in West Penwith at the far end of Cornwall. From outside earth because we're very stuck in our own particular small view of things in the universe so I want to outline what I've come to understand about the viewpoint of ETS and multi-dimensional intelligences from outside earth you see planet earth isn't a normal planet It was set up for a particular purpose, outside the normal evolutionary variations that a lot of planetary races and civilizations go through. And one of the big purposes behind all this was to experiment with developing a planet and an ecosystem and an occupying race of highly evolved beings which operated in much denser conditions, physical conditions, than had ever been done before. But there were a few other agendas going on here too. One of them was to create a situation where a planetary race was given complete individualized free will. The idea here was that in a densely physical planet, It's possible to create a far larger amount of diversity, ecologically, geologically, in every possible sense, and also, since it was populated by humans, culturally, historically, socially, quite large differences across one planet, so that we live on one planet but many different worlds. And... This gave the possibility of opening up new levels of creativity, of imagination in the universe, because there would be all of these people with individualized free will, with the, the programming which would permit them as individuals to do whatever they felt best with their lives and with the world that they had been given. And this isn't usually the case usually there will be a kind of a collective free will, and certainly quite high levels of individualized free will within those in a kind of a tribal social setting. But in another way, the capacity of people in dense physical bodies to develop large amounts of differences and individuality between them is allowed in densely physical conditions such as these. So, planet Earth was set up a very, very, very long time ago and it was identified as a suitable planet on which to grow a world, an ecosystem, a planetary system, and this would allow an occupying race of people a high variety of different kinds of foods and supporting environments and experiential environments within which to cultivate their own lives. And this took place over millions of years. It was rather like gardening, really, where in order to make a successful ecosystem you've got to let it develop under its own rules. You've got to let it develop its own ways. But interventions can be made in the genetics of a planet by twiddling the genetics or by introducing plants from elsewhere or genes from elsewhere, or simply by tweaking processes which might allow things to develop ecologically by natural selection from a certain point. And it is a bit like gardening, where you can't exactly control or tell the outcome what's going to happen, but on the other hand you can make creative interventions at different times in order to favour certain things and in order to discourage other things. And this is how planet Earth was initially developed in a series of stages over many, many millions of years. And eventually it became possible to have humanoid-type beings. And it seems that there were several experiments over time in developing humanoids, which would be appropriate for bearing highly conscious souls, multidimensional souls. And some of those attempts didn't succeed. And we see this in people like the Neanderthals and the Denisovans and various other species of humanoid which have which are increasingly being discovered nowadays. And distinct species of humanoid which seem to have gone extinct. And eventually along came us. One of the key things that is very much covered over in our history is the way in which humans were upgraded at various stages. One classic stage was around 30 to 35,000 years ago, when the intelligence of humans visibly shifted a lot, as shown in art and technologies and signs of different kinds of knowledge and language and things like this. And this is carried on later on by other forms of intervention, uh, not just genetic but also it can be in the form of ideas and impulses. And this is not uncommon in the lives of inspired people throughout history who have, in various ways, received brilliant ideas or brilliant new kinds of cultural influence or music or whatever. And these could be looked on as downloads of information on an inner level received through dreams or or, uh, bursts of inspiration or things like this. And then also you can get people, souls, who are specifically sent down in order to embody something on a spiritual level in some way, in order to bring some sort of uh, innovation or new possibility to humans. Now, the thing about this whole experiment on planet Earth is that it didn't work out the way that it was originally thought. This is not necessarily wrong, because this was an exercise in the development of free will, with the view of creating possibilities which the creator souls of this universe couldn't themselves think up. And so this isn't necessarily wrong, but it's definitely not what was planned. Something went wrong in the early history of humanity over various different stages, which have caused us to lose track of our true origins and to forget why we are here and what the purpose of human society and human civilization truly is. And this has made things rather difficult in the rest of the universe. And here I want to try to explain how and why beings from the rest of the universe are particularly interested in us now. One of the clear issues here is that they perceive us to be in danger. This seems to have happened particularly since we started exploding nuclear bombs in the mid-1940s and doing nuclear tests afterwards. Part of the problem here has been that nuclear explosions create ripples in space which are felt from a very, very long way away and throughout all sorts of different frequencies and dimensions, we really advertised ourselves there and attracted a lot of attention quite quickly from a variety of different beings from around the universe. But there's another problem too, and that is that things haven't gone quite right on planet Earth. One of the purposes of planet Earth was for it to be a kind of an educational a soul educational school, in a manner of speaking, where souls could incarnate on earth in order to experience this diversity, this individuality, this physicality, and the possibilities which are made available through it. But the purpose behind this was as an education, and the idea was for souls to graduate from this and to move on, and this hasn't happened And this is partially because the dense physicality of life on our planet has caused a sinking of consciousness such that souls who get incarnate here tend to forget the reason why they came and the purpose for which they are alive. This can get reinforced by cultural traditions, by institutions, by social mores and groupthink and all sorts of things. And of course, we have had a long history of social control through various different power instruments, both in terms of raw power and in terms of religious, ideological power, all sorts of things. And so we've made it an institution that we forget the reason why we came. And one of the outcomes of this is that more and more souls are getting incarnated on earth and currently we stand at about eight billion eight thousand million people and still rising and it's risen from three and a half billion when i was a teenager in the mid-1960s so there are a lot of souls coming in they weren't here before they're coming in for this experience and This is creating something of a congestion problem in the universe because there aren't souls going out very much. There's a net immigration and not so much emigration, graduation. And this leads to shortages in the universe, shortages of souls. Souls get lost here. But it also leads to other issues. And here we come to a second thing, and that is that we humans have become dangerous Because of the way that we have evolved, we have become so separated from each other and from our environment and from our innate knowledge and spirituality inside, and we've got into such strange patterns of things like mutual destruction and giving each other a lot of hardship and pain, so that this means that if on our planet we destroy ourselves, it basically means that there will be around 8 billion refugee souls who are all very confused, very angry, very lost, devastated, traumatized. And part of the problem here is that because our experience on Earth is pretty unique, it means that other beings in the rest of the universe don't really have the experience for dealing with us We have got into things which they have not got into themselves. They do not understand how and why. And particularly through our pain and our trauma, which wasn't supposed to happen this way, we've become very, very damaged and dangerous to other beings in the universe, just as we have been dangerous to the other species on our planet. We're the most dangerous species on our planet. So if eight billion souls became soul refugees suddenly disincarnating because we destroyed the world, then this would create a very big problem across the universe. Now, one of the ways in which they've been dealing with this, which is really rather sad, is that they have been on an express program to try and create some planets by seeding from this planet, which could accommodate these souls if we destroy our own planet. This is very sad, but it's one of the reasons why we've been having things like abductions going on in the world today. One of the reasons is that basically they've been needing to have genetic material from humans in order to create that kind of diversity amongst humanoid type beings on a few other planets which could then act as kind of refugee camps if it becomes necessary now there are other reasons why planet earth has become something very interesting another one is that they are actually quite fascinated about what's going to happen here because although it looks as if we could be on a path of self-destruction in another way there is also a great possibility of redemption of breakthrough and the thing here is that such a breakthrough would be so fundamental, so significant, because we'd be coming back from such a deep, dark, dangerous place, that really we will, in a way, supergraduate in the life education course, which is Life on Earth, because people who've been through hell seem in some way to be, in a way, richer, more deeply honed as souls than people who've had an easy life. It's often the case that that is so. And you can see this in people who, for example, have been ex-criminals or ex-druggies or alcoholics or whatever. When they reform themselves, they can, in a funny sort of way, become better people than ordinary people who all obeyed the law and did the right thing. It's a funny thing, this. And so, there's something here where... If we got things right on planet Earth, if we did actually manage a breakthrough during the coming century or so and save ourselves from a self-created disaster, then that would really create an enormous bonus across the universe where suddenly there would be all these graduate souls coming out who had in a way become super trooper souls and so this would be an in, have an enormous impact on the universe as well in a in quite a helpful kind of way because of the depths and breadth of our experience we can handle stuff if we become spiritually stronger inside and awakened inside we can handle things that the archangel michael couldn't handle now There are other things too. For example, there is is the fallout from planet Earth. Some of this is the noise and jangle that we're putting out. Just imagine, for example, the sheer effect on the universe of the fact that millions of radio stations have all started up on planet Earth during this last century. Radio and TV stations. And at the moment we are radiating so much stuff out into space that it's very, very noticeable. But there are also some very positive things here. One of them is the sheer creativity of humans. Now, this is interesting because since we are densely physical beings, we've lost our capacity to communicate consciously directly from mind to mind and heart to heart. Most of us have lost it as a functional ability. We do it unconsciously. But we don't really have the ability to do that consciously. So what we do on planet Earth is we convert our ideas into words and we convey them that way, just as I'm doing this podcast now, or we create art or music, drama, all sorts of different forms of creative expression. In essence, they're creating something that just was never there before. And there are additional things, because through this creative process, it's possible to bend possibilities. I'll give you an example. Our use of words means that we can have several words for one particular idea. And we can therefore, in our writing, in poetry or in prose or in speech, we can use words creatively to rhyme or to suggest things in all sorts of ways. And this kind of possibility of creativity isn't really available to people who communicate directly, mind to mind. They don't have to clatter through such a laborious process as we do in terms of creativity. They just think it, they just do it. Whereas we have to go through a a process which can produce the most amazing of outcomes. You just think of all the work of all the authors that have happened throughout time or you you think of all the different music that has been composed and played played throughout time it's quite remarkable really so planet earth is important for a variety of different reasons and there's one further one which hasn't really been mentioned before it was mentioned very very briefly at the end of the only planet of choice the universe is made up of bazillions of civilizations in all sorts of different worlds on all sorts of different levels only some of them are what we would call physical many of them are what we might call say etheric or something like that but some civilizations are closely involved with the core issues of manage- creating and managing and maintaining the universe and the council of nine who i worked with 30 years ago they named these civilizations as 24 different civilizations who who took charge of different aspects of the creation and maintenance of the universe in all sorts of different ways different super high civilizations you could perhaps call them super central civilizations But the thing is, then, they work through other civilizations to effect all of the details of what this all involves across the universe. And to cut a long story short, the idea behind the creation of planet Earth was to create the final kind of civilization which would make up the 24 that the 9 Uh, once talked about the 24 civilizations in other words there are 23 at the moment they're waiting for us and what is it that is special about us it is about this dense physicality business the idea was to bring highly conscious creator souls into dense physicality incarnate in it when ets manifest to us show themselves as ets Some of them are physical, yes, but many of them are adopting a physical form for the purpose of interacting with us or interacting with our planet. And so many of them are actually quite neutral looking, you could say, and they're often called greys. Why? Because they have adopted these forms on a temporary basis in order to carry out a certain kind of task in the physical world on on, on our world and so they adopt this form which is highly functional but it is not necessarily who they actually are they're really dimensional beings trans-dimensional beings who can take on the form of whatever they choose to take on actually the same is the case for us but we forget this we are only in our bodies during our waking lives, which is about two thirds of the time that we exist during a physical incarnation. The rest of the time we switch off our bodies and we go traveling. If you get this, that we are multidimensional beings in our own right. And also, although we are functioning in our physical bodies while we're awake, Nevertheless, there are all sorts of things going on which aren't to do with physicality at all. And this is about all of the mental activity, the emotional activity, the experiential activity that goes on in humans. And if you want to find one major cause of things like the climate change that's going on today, the turbulence that's going on in the Earth's atmosphere, you only need to think of the sheer psychic turmoil the kaleidoscopic churning that must be going on on planet earth because there are eight billion souls here experiencing all this which must make an enormous difference to the whole vibrational field of planet earth because this is what it is all about it's about the vibrational fields of planet earth which has gone crazy They've got dangerous. They're going into forms of chaos and tension and friction, which are making continued human life on Earth uh, risky, a risky business. And so part of the issue here is many people kind of ask, well, why don't these beings, why don't these ETs, these archangels, why don't they interfere in this whole process? Well, the thing is that this would itself represent an enormous failure it is a last-minute strategy why is it a failure because it would involve overriding the fundamental rule of free will and it would mean that the whole project that in human terms has gone on for tens of thousands of years and in geological and ecological terms has gone on for hundreds of millions of years at least would be over it would be wasted It would come to nothing, and so the issue here is that intervention is hardly possible. It is done by ETs and multidimensional beings when there are certain incidents which humans can't resolve themselves. This has been the case in the form of certain potential nuclear accidents, meteorite strikes, and various other crises which have gone on over recent decades. So they can intervene, but but it's important not to because it would override our free will. They can only make prompts and interventions which actually give us the choice. One example of this is crop formations where they were doing there they were planting energy fields in the crop into which people could choose to walk in order to have a psycho-emotional a psychic close encounter with beings from other worlds um, that's the short story on that one but you see that form of intervention gave choice and this is a sign of good sources on a psycho-spiritual level is those which give people choice which recognize that you are a sovereign being in your own right those are the ones to pay attention to anyone who tries to take control be careful so planet earth has become a very crucial world in the universal setup because of the sheer amount of risk involved at the moment and the way in which we could destroy ourselves and the way in which this would affect the rest of the universe. It would turn a load of souls who had been sent to planet Earth or had come to planet Earth for further education, it would have ruined their whole careers in a way as souls, It would have created a terrible refugee problem. It would have shut off a set of possibilities which were there but would no longer be there. It would upset the apple cart in the whole of the universe because one of the issues here is about the creation of a new aspect of reality. The hybridization of it. And this is really important for the progression of the universe itself. And it's, not, it's a very, very difficult thing, as you will know from your own life on planet Earth. And so all of this would be terribly, terribly upset if we fundamentally either destroyed life on Earth or weakened ourselves. But on the other hand, it would be just amazing if we did achieve some sort of a breakthrough point in order to take control of our situation and resolve things in another way. And this is happening in a minority sense at the moment, and it has been happening over the years. And there is a possibility that it could mushroom in the coming years as more and more people look at life in a different way. And also as crises in the world increase in number and magnitude, forcing the issue, forcing us to get to grips with the fundamentals of our situation. And so this is quite a a big issue that correcting our ecological, climatic and social and other issues that are going on in the world today itself would lead to an acceleration of growth and progress amongst planet Earth humans, which itself would be tremendously transformative. Now, this transformation doesn't actually have to be terribly, terribly advanced. The transformation will happen simply if humans resolve deep down inside themselves to treat each other as they would themselves be treated, and to do less harm and to take a different attitude towards all and everything. This itself would be a, a dawning of love and cooperation, which sounds amazing, but actually it's very, very real life. It's just about humans being decent and helping to each other. That itself would be so transformative because there's a final issue here, and this concerns energy. The problem is that on our planet today, we have this terrible jangle of energy. It's a dissonance. And therefore, even... If people might want to help things on planet Earth and save our world, there is so much dissonance that it's not possible really to mobilize all the necessary forces for it. So what's going to be necessary here is some sort of a deep, profound process in the coming times where human collective consciousness is forged into one, where we start thinking much more in terms of we and less in terms of I, less in terms of nations, more in terms of planet, less in terms of my interests, more in terms of our interests altogether. This is really the key thing here. We've got to achieve a certain kind of basic one-mindedness, one-heartedness, where we all realize we are sitting in the same boat and united we stand, and divided we fall, and many hands make light work. You've been listening to a podcast from the far beyond with Paldon Jenkins. If you want to find out more about me, then go to my website at palden.co.uk. The music was made by a lovely man in Austria called Sun Circle and it came through Pixabay website. Thanks for being with and listening. There's more to come.